Hallelujah. Well, we're going we're gonna to do our message, and then we're going to close with uh, communion at the Lord's table today. Um, but we're just going to look for just a few minutes at one another uh, invitation to look at the Holy Spirit and His work. Uh, was everybody here last week? Who, was anybody not here last week? Um, there are some cards, and I don't know if there... Uh, if, do we have any ushers left? Are there any cards left on the table that say questions about the Holy Spirit? If we could get those, if there are any left. Here in two weeks. Can't do it next week because, well, we'll be at camp. So, um, but here in two weeks, we got a couple of questions last week. But if you have questions on who the Holy Spirit is, the gifts of the Spirit... Uh, speaking in tongues, uh, just how that all relates. Wait, if you've got a question, wave your hand at Tommy and he'll get you uh, one or two. Uh, we got one or two left. So we handed them out to everybody last week. So uh, you can just either put that in one of the boxes or the prayer boxes, or you can leave that on the chair. Uh, but we are looking to answer as many questions as possible um, if we know the answer. <laughs> If we don't know the answer, then we might just say, I don't know. Or if your question's not answered, it was too hard, okay? <laughs> like, where's my question? <laughs> uh, we, we threw that one out, and no. <laughs> so really, all questions uh, are welcome. Uh, if there's a question maybe that we can answer at a different time that's maybe not for everybody, we're open to that as well, too. You don't have to put your name on it if you want to. Uh, you can, uh, but it's just a way. And we'll we'll invite you during the week, the uh, week before that also. We'll send out an email or a text or something, and anybody who still has questions can reply um, to, you know, write down a question and reply to those. So anyway, we just wanted to, it's going to be a Sunday. It's going to be a little bit different Sunday. Probably Ashley and I will both just be up here, and we'll just take a few questions. Uh, we're probably not going to do, we're not going to do live questions uh, so that we're actually prepared. Um, I know I can wing it, but uh, I'm, I'm, pref- I'm choosing not to. <laughs> I'm choosing to have a little preparation. Um, and we have some other questions that she has from her Holy Spirit conference, I think, that are very good questions that probably a lot of people have and maybe aren't either are too scared to ask or too nervous or just don't even think to ask. And then when you hear it, you're like, that's a good question. I should ask that. Uh, so, so we're going to do that. We're going we're gonna to unpack as many questions as we can. So be thinking of that. If you have a question that comes up, you can write it on really on anything and put it in any of the boxes, the offering boxes, the prayer request box. Um, you can even put it in the prodigal box, but uh, prefer to just put the prodigals in there if we can. So um, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 4, uh, verse 1. So we're going to start today. It's just really one one or two main thoughts here about who the Holy Spirit is. And this is so needed right now in our world and especially in our nation that uh, we, need, we need, first of all, we need the work, we need the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Uh, he, he is the answer to uh, all the questions that are going on right now. The, if the answer is Jesus and then the work of Jesus is being released on the earth by who? The Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit is here on earth releasing the work of Jesus and the power of Jesus and the effects of what Jesus did. But I want us to read this scripture in Ephesians to get going. We're going to look at quite a number of scriptures here that just highlight one key function of the Holy Spirit. And it says this, Holy Spirit, open the word as we read it. As a prisoner, this is Ephesians 4, 1, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And did you catch it there, what the Holy Spirit does? Well, there's a lot, first of all. You're right, Kim. <laughs> so I'm going to highlight one here is this. It says we keep the unity of the Spirit. The one who is the answer for disunity is Holy Spirit. He, he's the one who brings us unity. Now, I understand uh, in our world, you can, we cannot be united with something that is against the scriptures or God's word or God's ordinances, his commands, his precepts. So we can't we cannot be in unity. So I'm not I'm not talking about everybody's going to all be on the same page because the Bible doesn't ever say that it doesn't it doesn't say that everybody's going to join in and be on one page. It says there's some that are going to choose one way and some that are going to choose another way. But it is interesting that the key to unity in the body of Christ, in the people of God is the spirit that he is the one that makes us all connected in the family of God. And so it says to keep the unity of the spirit. It doesn't say we have to create unity. You know, we don't, we don't have to create unity among, among Christians. The unity is already there. Where? In the spirit. The unity of the spirit is already there. Um, you know, I get together with, uh, with pastors from around the city uh, for different things. We have a monthly uh, like luncheon, where we'll do some discussion, maybe talk about some events that are going on that are joint events, and then we'll, we'll pray together. And I can tell you for certain that, you know, there are some conversations where, if, and it's mostly, this is mostly not true, but there are some conversations where I'm like, I don't really agree with that. <laughs> you know, it might be your political stance, it might be, you know, which baseball team you go for, or, you know, if you like the Dallas Cowboys or not, or, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of different things, some serious, some not. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on and positions where I'm like, well, I, I, I'm not necessarily in agreement with that. But I can tell you that when we pray together, I feel more in unity with those other pastors in our city. And why is that? It's because the Holy Spirit is moving while we pray. And so, let me give you a clue. If you're experiencing disunity in a relationship with another person who's a Christian, whether that's your spouse, whether that's your siblings, whether that's your, you know, someone else in your family or just a friend, one of the solutions to that is pray together. I didn't say you'd want to pray together. <laughs> Right? I mean, isn't that true? Sometimes you're like, I don't really want to pray with that person. You might be married to him and be like, I don't want to pray with that person. Like, send me anybody else. Right? I'm going to go pray by myself, babe. <laughs> and 
How many of you, at least husbands, I don't know what it's like to be a wife, uh, how many of you know that those prayers never work? Right? When you're like, I'm not going to pray with you, I'm going to go be with God by myself. And, and God's like, you get to God and like, oh Lord, will you answer me? And he, it's silent. It's just quiet. It's like, you hear him whistling, you know, and he's like, let's, let's go back and do forgiveness. Let's go back and do uh, ownership and responsibility of your actions. Whatever, you know, whatever needs to be taken care of. Hey, let's clean up the mess. Whatever's there, let's clean it up. But the reason and one of the ways to unity is to pray together. And so that's why it's so powerful, man, when we get together with other believers and we, and we, we get down and we actually pray. We're like, hey, we're on the same team. We're, we're on the same team. Did you know that? We are for everybody that's for Jesus in this city. We want, I want their churches filled. I want them being successful. I want them reaching people for Jesus because we are all united in the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. He's the one who brings unity. And so that's one of the works of the Holy Spirit. And so anytime there's disunity, you can say, hey, there's, there's a... There's a there's a disconnect between the people of God and the Spirit of God. And I'm not saying He leaves you because He promises never to leave you. It's not if you mess up one time that God says, see you later, I'm done with you, and when you, get, when you act better, I'll come back. No, that's, that's religion. That's, that's maybe even not even Old Covenant thinking. That's just religious thinking. Uh, but there can be a disconnect in your relationship, Right? Just if, if I'm having a relationship with my kids or a friend and something gets in the way of our relationship, it doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. It just means there's something going on that we need to take care of in our relationship. And so who is the one who brings us back into unity? It's the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's always leading us to repentance. He's the one that's leading us to, to patience and humility and compassion and bearing with one another in love. You know what bearing with one another in love means? You put up with all the crazy things about that other person that you can't stand. Look around the room. Some of them are in here, right? <laughs> well, that's really annoying, okay? Guess what? The Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the power to say, I'm going to love even though I'm not, you know, that can be annoying. I still remember that one of the messages, uh, I mean, I heard a, my dad preach a lot of messages. If you're a guest, my dad was a pastor. He was actually the pastor here before me for four and a half years. But he was a pastor for a long time as well as a teacher at our Bible college, uh, Life Bible College, Life Pacific now in, in California. But so, I mean, I heard, I had his class too. So, I mean, I heard him talk a lot, a lot of messages and I can tell you there's not many of them that I remember. <laughs> I mean, how many of you remember what I preached in 2018? Come on now. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. How many of you remember what I preached last week? <laughs> I was almost looking for an answer there. <laughs> On the Holy Spirit, I think. <laughs> We're in the series right now, Holy Spirit. Like, no, I changed it last week. Okay. But there's, there's, I still remember this one message that my dad preached. And it was when Teen Challenge was here. Remember, Paul, when Teen Challenge, I don't know if Teen Challenge still does this, but Teen Challenge would used to visit different churches on Sunday morning. I don't even know if they still do. Um, 
But we sure we they can come back if 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 they want to. But so there's like this whole section. I don't remember if it was this section or a middle section or whatever. I think it was this section. Like there's like thirty guys that come in, and so they they fill up this whole section. And like, you know, Sharon and Nikki are like, where's my seat? You know, and all kinds of stuff are going on. People didn't know where to sit. But there's this whole section of guys that are living together, getting free from addictive behavior. And, you know, they're living in community. And so it just happened to be that my, I still remember my dad preached the message, forgive and forbear. In other words, we all know about forgiveness. Yeah, I should forgive that person. But forbear means I put up with you and all of your actions, maybe that are not necessarily sinful. It's just you. And you just rub me the wrong way. But I forbear. And so I still look. All the Teen Challenge guys are like looking at the ground going, oh, my gosh, I have to put up with all these people. And it's in the Bible. (gasps) It's not just, you know, it's like, hey, so it's like one of those messages. So bearing with one another is a, is a huge deal. It might even be harder than forgiving. In some ways, it's just forbearing with someone and saying, by the grace of God, I can love you and be in unity with you, even though, you know, sometimes you rub me the wrong way. And guess what? You probably rub them the wrong way too. Maybe more so, I don't know. But the unity of the Spirit, there's one body and one Spirit. And I find it also interesting that what, is, what has been one of the most divisive things in the church throughout history? The work of the Holy Spirit, right? Fighting over what the Holy Spirit does. Does He do this? Does He still do this? Does He not do this? Is, does the Holy Spirit still do miracles? Do, do we still have tongues? You know, is that still going on? And... Isn't it a trick of the enemy that the very person of the Godhead who would bring us together has been used by, you know, really our religious mindsets to bring division? So that's why I think it was so refreshing when my wife preached about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is this is like, hey, this is an invitation. Everybody doesn't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You do not have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. You do not have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. You don't have to operate in the gift of the Spirit to get into eternity with Jesus forever. All it takes is faith and repentance, trust in the finished work of Jesus on the cross and resurrection when He ascended to heaven. So we're, we are trusting in that alone. And that's what brings us together because there's unity in the spirit through the bond of peace because there's one body, one spirit, and one faith and one Lord. Don't we need that in our country is for somebody to show what unity looks like and it's supposed to be the, the church, the people of God, right? We're the ones that are supposed to point the way. Here's what unity looks like. And sometimes we've been the worst ones, the loudest ones on social media Fighting over things. I mean, how many... Oh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> Not going to go there. How many of us in 2020 fought over things with people that don't matter? That aren't in the Bible? That we can't prove one way or the other? Should you or shouldn't you? It's like, I don't know. But we fought over those things rather than we should have said, let's come together and pray. When I come together and pray, I forget that you have this stance about this certain thing or this certain issue over here, or you support this person, and I'm not necessarily for what they say. It's like, wait a second, we're with Jesus. We're on the same team. 
I want to read some more scriptures to you. We're going to read a lot of scriptures that just highlight this fact that's so huge. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14 says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Notice who did the forming of the one body there, right? We were baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. Once again, it's saying, here is the one who brings us together. And there's another scripture, Galatians 3.28 says, you know, there's, there's neither male nor female, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, there's neither slave nor free. Basically, God is saying that the Holy Spirit breaks down every barrier. The Holy Spirit breaks down racial barriers and ethnic barriers. The Holy Spirit breaks down economic barriers. The Holy Spirit breaks down gender barriers. Any division that we can find that we have fought over in humanity, the Holy Spirit is the one that brings us together and says, guess what? There is something overall, and it's this. I belong to Jesus, and I have the Holy Spirit in me. And so now I am joined together, and now I am a part of the family, the people of God. Ephesians 2, verses 14 to 21, emphasizes this again. For Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. That's the, he's talking about Jews and Gentiles, Jews and non-Jews. And has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far, peace to you who are near, for through him we both have access to the Father. By one spirit. So you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Philippians 1.27 says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit. Striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings us together. And so next time, man, next time you're with somebody and maybe one of those issues comes up, rather than arguing, I don't think any of you people are super arguers. Maybe you are. Maybe you need to repent right now. <laughs> but rather than, than, than stating your opinion first, Maybe ask a question to begin to understand. And maybe we can mutually have communication where we can share together our perspective and we might find that we're actually in unity. Now, I understand, you know, there's moral issues that we can't come into unity with a person who doesn't believe in Jesus and the Word of God. I understand that. I'm talking about the people of God being in unity. Because we need that. Man, Midland, Midland, has a, is a, Midland is a great city that likes to put on a facade, right? It likes to say, it likes to put on like the, the glasses and say, we're amazing. We don't have a, we don't got no ghetto. 
We, we don't have crime here. There's not a bunch of drugs at Midland Christian School. Oh, that's, you know. Now, if you talk to a police officer or maybe someone who works in, in, the, in the county or maybe a justice of the peace, something, they can tell you that there, it is not all rose-colored and tulips all around Midland. Right, Terry? <laughs> There's, there's some things going on in our city, and there is something, too, that has plagued the Midland church, which is like we just do our own thing. Every church just seems to do their own thing. It has been very difficult for us few pastors to come together and try to bring unity and try to, try to say, hey, we're going to be on the same page and do something. You know, let's, let's gather the people of God. Wouldn't it be amazing if next year on the National Day of Prayer we filled up the stadium? I mean, we had 150 people show up for a citywide prayer thing. 150 people, Christians in Midland, showed up for our prayer gathering. Now, some of them probably didn't hear about it. I get that. There's communication issues. You want to get the word out. But, man, that should be like one of the biggest things this city does is, hey, we're going to come pray together. We're not going to preach. We're not going to share our doctrine. We're not going to share what our vision is for our church. And those things are all important. We want those because we're all parts of the body. You know, that's, that's the part of the body that's good. We're all joined together in Jesus. And then we get assignments. Living Way Foursquare Church has a specific assignment. We're not supposed to be doing the things that First Baptist is doing. We're not supposed to be doing the things that Fellowship Community Church is doing. Or Stonegate. Or Mid-Cities. Or Redeemer. Or Whichever church that I don't know about, True Light Christian Fellowship or Good News Baptist or whichever one it is, we all have an assignment, but we're all on the same team and we're all in the same body. But the unity is already in the Spirit. All we need to do is come together and be joined together in the Holy Spirit. And so my my encouragement to you this morning, you're like, man, I don't... Maybe you don't even have any connections with people outside of our body who are believers in Jesus. I would encourage you to pray and find some. Maybe there's somebody that God would connect you with where you just need to have a relationship with somebody in another church and it just joins our church together. It doesn't mean our church has to do something together or we have to be involved in every event together or any of those things. But to bring us together, we can have relationships that bring us together. And what if the body of Christ in Midland, if it wasn't up to the the leaders of the church where the body got together and said, hey, we're already loving each other and connected because we have intentionally said, I am reaching out to somebody that's in another body in in this city. It's an interesting idea. And I challenge you to pray about it. I, some of you are already doing that. Some of you are amazing. Some of you are great connectors. Terry, you're a great connector. You're a great networker of people. Uh, I, I appreciate that about you. And your job in the community allows you to network as well. But that's your heart as well. It's always been your heart. It's always been something. You know? And so there's been pockets of things. Of course, Emmaus has been a great unifier in, in our community over the years. But we need more. Man, if the people of God come together in the city of Midland, there's, there is nothing that God won't do in our city. I guarantee you that the crime rate would change. That we wouldn't have to put the rose-colored glasses on and say, oh, it's all good here. That's all in Odessa. <laughs> right? <laughs> You'll get the rivalry, Jerry, here, you know. Midland, Odessa. Oh, that's at Permian High School. Those mojo losers or whatever, they're into all that stuff, right? No, we're... 
we're, yeah, anyway, not going to bring that up. <laughs> Don't get started on that, John. There's like, there's like nobody up here that's going to stop me from saying anything. Like, <laughs> so the unity is in the, in the one spirit. And so, you know, when, when you're praying, pray for the church. If you know someone else is in another church, pray for their church too. Find out who their pastor is. Find out who their leadership is. Pray for them too. Don't just pray for me. Please pray for me. But don't just pray for me. Pray for Dr. D at First Baptist. Pray for God to give him supernatural wisdom. Pray for him when he speaks the message that people are cut to the heart and they come to Jesus. Pray for Pastor Roy Smith, who's making a stand as a black pastor, but he is not, he is, he is going way outside his culture and his norm and breaking barriers. Pray for him as he is attacked on every side by people of every side who is coming against him and saying, who are you to speak the truth, really? Pray for him that his church would prosper. Pray for all the churches. If you know a pastor, pray, pray for... Pastor Stephen, out at Mid-Cities. Pray for Jorge at the gathering. Pray for Lonnie. Pastor Lonnie Phillips at Fellowship Community Church. Go on a website somewhere. Let God lead you and say, God, what church should I pray for besides my own? What would happen if all the body of Christ started doing that? Man, it was, something would break forth, I believe. And so we just have to do what we're called to do. We can't control everybody else, but we can, we can control ourselves. We can't ask the Holy Spirit to lead us. And so my encouragement is to, is to, is to begin to pray. Whether there's one person, or there's, and maybe they're connected to a church, and you feel like, hey, that's, I'm going to pray for that church too. I'm just going to pray for them to prosper. And then it, you have a relationship, and you can hear, hey, they're like, hey, this happened at our church. You're like, praise the Lord. So awesome. We could begin to like communicate the testimony of the Lord of what's going on in our city. Man, how many th- how many testimonies are there going on right now in Midland that we don't know about just because we don't have relationship? And I don't know if it's possible to coordinate that all together ever, but I think there can be a whole lot more. Where when we have a testimony at our church that we share it with someone else, what if they share it with their church? It brings encouragement to their whole body that says, hey, this church is praying right now and they're seeing some miraculous things go on. They've seen some people heal. They've seen some people who are on their deathbed for COVID get out and the doctor said, that's a miracle, right? Talk to Greg and Josie about that one. There's miracles going on all over, just so you know. Yeah, let me, we might share one more. So yeah, my, my dad's group, they started healing rooms and because of COVID, they went online and did online healing rooms. So normally they used to do healing rooms. We, we stole the idea from them was they had a building and so people would come to the building and there'd be groups of people ready to pray for healing. But in their city, they were not allowed to, to meet or do whatever and that, that was their choice. And so they said, let's just do it online. So now they're online and they're praying for people in Africa. They're praying for COVID patients in India. They actually saw one who was on their deathbed, similar story, Greg, uh, where they're like, I think it was just the, another person was on the Zoom with them, and they said, pray for this person, they're dying right now. 
that we don't, they, the doctors aren't giving them any hope. And so they're praying over Zoom, over the internet with this other person, and they get word back, oh, that person miraculously recovered. They got out of ICU. They got off the ventilator. Thank you, Jesus. But what if all the testimonies of what God is doing got shared a whole lot more broadly in the body of Christ? How much stronger would we be as the church rather than seeing what's on TV, which is basically disunity in every area? So keep the unity of the Spirit. The second part of our unity as believers is this right here. 1 Corinthians 10, 16, and 17 says this, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. You know, this is another great uniter is that we come together at the table of Jesus and we receive his the symbols and the effect of his broken body and his blood that was poured out for our forgiveness. It's one thing that we all have in common as believers in Jesus. Even the even the Catholic Church and I know there's, there's all kinds of variations of how that plays out. But isn't it interesting that the Catholic Church super emphasizes the Lord's table? And I think that's a good thing. Maybe some of them get a little religious about it. I understand that. I, I know that. And that, that may be true. But there's, some, there's something about coming to the table of Jesus and saying, Jesus, I remember and I receive the power of your broken body into my life, into my soul. And I receive the power of the blood of Jesus to forgive and cleanse me from all sin and purify me from all unrighteousness at, at the table of the Lord. And so not only does the Holy Spirit come and bring us together, but the table of the Lord brings us together. 1 Corinthians 11, this is just the scripture that Paul says, For I receive from the Lord... What I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So there's a proclamation that goes on when we receive communion. Uh, there is something special. Can you imagine? I was just thinking, it's like, what was it like for Jesus that first time? You know, what was it like for Jesus when he's got his disciples there? And, you know, he had to just, he probably just had to have a pause. just like, just a moment, you know, where he's like, I'm finally at this moment. I mean, Jesus said, he says, I've eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you. And they were sharing the Passover. He said, I eagerly desire. So there's an anticipation. There's an excitement about Jesus saying, I get to finally do this. 
can, can you imagine when Jesus first takes the bread and he's got the image maybe of what he's going to go through? He's like, I'm about to be broken. But he says, look, this, take this body. This is, this is, take this bread. This is my body. And he, he breaks the bread. You know, I can imagine. I'm sure it was like silent with the disciples. I think it, this may have been the only time when the disciples were silent. <laughs> and he's like, they crack the bread. And he began to hand it out and said, hey, this is, this is my body. And the disciples, we know the disciples totally didn't get it. They were like, but all they thought was, man, we, this, you're changing up the Passover, Jesus. This is not the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> What's going on? You know, they're like, whoa, that was different. You know, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. And then Jesus is like, whoa, we're changing it up right here. He got their attention, but he wanted to get their attention. And so I think it's the same as true, you know, when he passed the cup. Can you imagine Jesus thinking about when he says, this is my blood? Maybe he was thinking about bleeding on the cross. We know Jesus knew he was going to the cross. Jesus knew where he was going. He knew where he was headed. He told the disciples over and over again, I'm, this is going to happen. I'm, this, is, this is the plan of God. This is what my father wants, and I'm going to follow my father all the way to my death. What was it like when Jesus passed that cup around and he looked into the eyes of his disciples and was knowing, hey, I'm giving my blood for you in just within 24 hours. And so I think Jesus would say the same thing to us today. If it is, he says, I've eagerly desired to eat with you today. I've eagerly desired to meet with you today. And I've eagerly desired to share my brokenness so you can be made whole. I've eagerly desired to share everything that I went through on the cross. I want to share it with you right now. What a blessing it is. What an amazing thing it is to come to the Lord's table. So if ushers, can we, can we start passing out uh, elements? Come on up and... Sir, if you want to get a song ready here maybe in just a moment, just some worship to play. I want you, we're going to pass it out. I want you to take both the, the, the bread and the cup and just hold on to them. And we're going we're gonna to take them together just to close our, our time. And then we'll have prayer time for leaders if, if you'd like prayer. But I just want you to remember, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So right now our focus is on him. So whatever aspect of Jesus that is being highlighted in your heart right now by the spirit of God, I just call forth your spirits to awake and respond to the Spirit of God right now, to this holy moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
I'm going to invite Jacob up. Jacob's going to pray over our bread and lead us in that time. I want... All morning, I feel like the Lord, when John asked me to re- pray over the, the bread, the word promises came to my mind. And, you know, as John was just talking about what was going through Jesus's mind, the first time he took this bread and broke it for us, he had to be thinking of all the promises that were going to be fulfilled with the breaking of his body. And so those are promises that number one, we can go to heaven. If we believe in him and believe in his son, we can go to heaven. Number two, that's healing for our bodies. Number three, that's financial provision for our families. And there's on and on. So this morning as we take this, and I know there's a lot of people hurting in this room that are going through physical elements in their body. And I'm sure there's people that have financial issues going on in their life and they need something we all need something from god every day and i want to remind you of the power of your words you have the ability to speak life or death every day in your life and i'm going to ask you what are you speaking into your life every day if you need finances you need to wake up in the morning and say god i thank you for my finances if you need healing in your body you need to wake up in the morning and say god i thank you for my healing I declare every bit of pain to leave my body. I declare diabetes to leave my body. I declare high blood pressure, whatever it may be. Start declaring the promises of God over your life every day. So, Father, as we receive this bread, as we receive what you did on the cross for us, Father, we receive every benefit that comes with it, that comes in believing that your body was broken for us. And that it was finished on the cross in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite Jerry up. Jerry, come on up. He's gonna he's gonna pray over our cup representing the blood of Jesus. I always get a little bit emotional. Especially when it comes to communion and the blood that was shed for us. Thank you so much, God. so much
So as we're constantly reminded of what you did for us, Lord, let us always give you thanks because we can never repay it back. And you don't expect us to repay it back. But just to put our faith in you, Lord, for what you did. We will always thank you for that, Lord God. By the shed blood that you poured out on the cross for us, Lord, it completely changed the world. It completely changed it. It's something you only really hear about in fairy tales, but what's crazy is that it's real. It's so real, which is amazing. Father God, as we take this cup and drink the juice, let us be reminded of what you did on the cross for us and always be of thanks for it, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jerry. That was awesome. Thank you, Jacob. That was awesome. just want to have our, our leaders, if our elders want to come forward, we're going to have prayer. We're, we're closed for today. We wanted to close and seal it with the blood of Jesus. If you still need prayer for anything or just need someone to agree with you, haven't got time to, to, to respond to that.